bringing you the truth behind the news. Welcome to The New American. Welcome, everyone. I'm Paul Dragu. We're glad you can join us. Hunter Biden's former business partner, Tony Bobulinski, gave very damning testimony yesterday to impeachment investigators alleging that Joe Biden worked with the Chinese against the interests of the U.S. Also, the leftist-run state of Michigan is going after homeschooling. And in a little bit, TNA's editor-in-chief, Gary Benoit, joins me to discuss what homeschooling advocates should do to preserve the fastest-growing educational trend in America. We have all that coming up. But first, there's a court hearing today in Fulton County, Georgia, and the fate of the corrupt case against Donald Trump and his co-defendants may be hanging in the balance. For months now, Fulton County prosecutor Fannie Willis and her hand-picked special prosecutor Nathan Wade have been conducting corrupt legal persecution against Trump. Their scam has centered on the allegation that Trump is guilty of criminal conspiracy because he questioned the 2020 Georgia presidential electoral vote. This is the kind of lawfare that happens in corrupt dictatorships and banana republics, not in the U.S., or at least that's what we thought. The Fannie Willis-led campaign is part of a larger lawfare attack reaching from Georgia all the way to Washington and New York. It's coordinated by a deep state and Democrat cabal of Trump haters determined to keep the bad orange man out of the White House. But it turns out that Fannie Willis was having an affair with Nathan Wade, her lead prosecutor. They went on lavish vacations paid for by the huge salaries they had been raking in for their lawfare against Trump. Willis has denied that the affair began before she hired the underqualified Wade, but a number of witnesses from the Fulton County District Attorney's Office are apparently willing to testify that they're lying. Georgia Defense Attorney Ashley Merchant is president of the Georgia Association of Criminal Defense Lawyers, and she's also acting as counsel for one of Trump's co-defendants, Mike Roman. Merchant is the person largely responsible for uncovering the affair in Wade's divorce, divorce filings. She's been called a pit bull by her colleagues, and she's known for going on the offensive instead of just playing defense. She has now gathered a number of witnesses who are willing to tell the truth about Willis and her corrupt dealings. Merchant has also persuaded a judge, Scott McAfee, to conduct today's hearing, which will involve testimony of many witnesses and may also require that of Willis and Wade. The hearing is expected to last until Friday. It could result in Willis and Wade being removed from the Trump case and perhaps even being disciplined. It may also lead to the dismissal of the case if it's established that Willis and Wade engineered the whole thing for personal gain. So join me to discuss today's stories is executive senior editor of The New American, Steve Bonta. Hey, Steve Bonta. Howdy, Paul. So this is, um, this is big, big news. It could really, uh, like we said, it could lead to the, the dismissal of this case. What are, in your opinion, the most likely outcomes? Well, I'm not a legal expert, as I have full disclosure, but it does seem to me that a likely outcome is at very minimum something is going to be done about Fannie Willis and her paramour, Nathan Wade. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's, I mean, the fact that she's a homewrecker, that's, that's not necessarily a, an unusual thing, but for someone of her stature, you know, this, the, the district attorney of a major county yeah. in a major state in the United States. It's unseemly, to say the least. I mean, we sort of have this expectation, perhaps unjustified, (laughs) given the nature of human nature, that people in positions of trust and authority like this, you know, prominent judges, obviously politicians, corporate CEOs, and so uh, military, you know, brass and this kind of thing, are going to be held to a higher standard because of their 
you know, so so that so there's that. Now, of course, they're arguing that, uh, and you know, it's now being alleged that they're lying, but they're arguing that yes, we did have an affair. Yes, you caught us, but it didn't. It, it had nothing to do with when you know I I hired this guy that you know, and then it happened afterwards, and, and all this sort of thing. Mm. But apparently, they fell in love while working together. Huh? Well, and but the, but this 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 um, this attorney. Ashley, what's her last name? Merchant. Merchant. Thank you, Ashley Merchant. So, she, so, so, kind of got the goods on her. She's really interesting. She is a, <clears throat> she's a typical defense attorney. She's very high profile in the state of Georgia. Relatively young. She has she 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 made her bones, so to speak, by getting a a hor- horrible murderer uh, off the hook. Oh, in the okay. sense that, yeah, I mean that's pretty much what one does. I mean, obviously, people like. Um, mm. Like uh, Alan Dershowitz, that's that's what they do. Yeah. And in in her case, she managed to get a guy off the hook who was accused of murdering his girlfriend and burning the body. It was a fairly sensational case down wow. in Georgia a few years back, and she got him to to recant his testimony, claiming he was afraid that you know his 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 friend had actually done it, and so he ended up getting convicted on lesser charges of of cover you know of of, of complicity or something like that. So so she's regarded as being a real pit bull. Yeah. And she has she characterizes herself as being, and I I quote, a proactive rather than a reactive defense attorney. So a lot of defense attorneys are content, in effect, to react to whatever the prosecution hurls at them to rebut them. Yeah. She actively goes out and 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 gets dirt on the people that are bringing the accusations on the other side. Mm. And it was in the process of doing this that she, you know, started poking around in Nathan Wade's divorce paper, the, yeah. the divorce paper, found out all these allegations, had her client, who's one of the, uh, Trump's co-defendants. Mike Roman. Yeah. Uh, is, is come, come out and say, okay, well, you know, we think the whole case should be dismissed because there's this affair going on. And, and so now, but, but now, in addition to that, she has found a bunch of people who worked apparently Fannie Willis is not popular among her subordinates in the district attorney's office. Yeah, she is known for <clears throat> firing people for. She's always reasons. got a scowl on her face. That would explain things. Yeah, yeah, she's she's a nasty piece of work, as they oh. used to say, which is maybe not uncommon for 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 prosecutors. But in any case, <clears throat> um, she's she's not well liked, and a lot of people are now lining up to say, oh, 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 Aye. you know, we we can testify she's lying about that thing. That it was no common knowledge in the office that these yeah. two were having a fling long before he was hired. He was hired for precisely that reason. And not only that, once he was hired, he was paid over $600,000. And this is a guy who, by the way, although he is a lawyer, is not really qualified to be to, for this specific job description. He's what not a, a prosecutor. Payday. More than half a million dollars Yeah, he for did that transactional case? stuff. I, you know, I don't know, divorce cases and other things like that. And suddenly he's being brought in to be their star attack dog special prosecutor in this historic attempt to railroad for yeah. President Trump. Well, it sounds and, like they, and he's being paid a, a you know a, a king's ransom. And not only that, as probably most of our listeners know, these two went on a variety of vacations, Napa Valley, Caribbean cruises, yeah. things like this, in which they apparently spent lavishly a lot of the money. So it was a real a literal sweetheart deal yeah. that was going on here. And you know, so my prediction would be long answer to a short question, is at minimum she's going to be dropped from the case. Mm. The, the, the judge that is presiding over the hearing that is, is going on even it. as we speak, it's starting today, it may, may go on into tomorrow. He's, he made it clear that he first wants to hear from all these new witnesses that are lined up. And then he may be interested in hearing from Fanny and Nathan as well. So He's it, also presiding yeah. over the Trump case. And he's also the guy that presides. Yes. So, so that does at least bespeak to his sense of judicial fairness that there's another side of the story that needs to be heard. And it is entirely possible 
though I don't know that it's probable that he may end up dismissing the case with prejudice, meaning I've had Done. enough of you guys. No more. This is clearly political. I'm dismissing it. I'm throwing you guys off the case. And you can't bring Maybe it back. you're going to end up going to jail, too, or, or, or being disbarred or something like that. And not only that, don't even think of, of, of reassigning the case to some other yeah. prosecutor yeah. who will be similarly politically motivated. What, That's it, the best case scenario. We'll see what happens. What's it going to take to make that connection that they had fabricated this? Because that sounds like it, it would be difficult, next to impossible, to show that they have fabricated this case against Trump all, but th there's nothing there. Well, that won't be necessary. All, all they need to do is, is, is to show them? that there's corrupt influence here, that they, oh. that, they, that they have personally profited off this case, that the two of them have not only been canoodling, but canoodling in a calculated way so that they can rake in more money and, and do all this sort of thing. That, that, that in it's, itself is sufficient to show that the entire thing oh. is corrupt from the get-go, let, let alone the political ramifications, which typically are not the business of a court to sort out. Yeah. All right, Steve. We're gonna. Well, you got something important to tell us. You're like I mentioned. You're the executive senior editor here at the New American. We have something very exciting to tell our listeners and viewers. I'm gonna let you take it away. Yes, I do. Well, our very able field uh, reporter and contributor to the New American mag magazine, Veronica Kirilenko, and senior editor. Yes, senior editor has just secured an, a, a nice hour-long interview with one of the real stars in what we the stuff we talk about every day in the show, namely Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene. Okay. And we're in the process of getting it together and putting it into final form. And I'm pleased to announce to our, our viewers and our listeners that it will be made available in its fullness next Wednesday mm. at 8 o'clock Eastern Time, 7 Central. So you don't, you don't want to miss this because Marjorie Taylor Greene is one of Washington's rock stars yeah. and uh, close confident of President Trump and everything. And she made an, set aside an hour of her schedule to work with us on this. We'll be right back. Hey, America. How tired are you of mainstream corporate media's biased narratives and manipulated news? Their dishonesty and attempts to influence this generation have been exposed, put on display for anyone who's even half paying attention. But the New American Magazine has been an honest source of news and commentary for over 50 years. This is your opportunity to receive the stalwart of principled journalism at a deep discount. Picture a beautifully published magazine arriving at your doorstep twice a month, packed with insightful stories written with integrity. It's also available digitally on the New American's mobile app. Get up to speed with intelligent coverage from a freedom perspective. Right now, for a limited time, the New American is available to radio listeners at a 25% discount on a new subscription. Visit thenewamerican.com slash radio25 and receive 25% off. Subscribe today at thenewamerican.com slash radio25. Hey folks, The New American will be at CPAC next week and we'll be bringing you exclusive interviews and news right from the event in Washington, D.C. I'll be there along with my colleague, TNA senior editor, Veronica Karolinko, and we're going to talk to some of the most important people in GOP politics. So make sure to tune in to thenewamerican.com next week for exclusive TNA coverage of CPAC. Yesterday, House investigators heard devastating testimony from former Hunter Biden business partner, Tony Bobolinsky. The interview was held behind closed doors. Bobolinsky has said for a long time that access to Joe Biden was the only selling point of his and Hunter's lucrative dealings with foreign governments, including China, Ukraine, Romania, and many other corrupt or adversarial regimes. The transcript of the testimony is not available yet, but three of the congressmen in attendance, Jim Jordan, James Comer, and Jason Smith, 
talked with Fox's Sean Hannity about what Bobolinsky said. Let's listen. And that's what Tony Bobolinsky delivered today. He delivered the truth. He talked about Joe's involvement. He talked about the numerous times he talked to Joe Biden. Uh, he mentioned that Joe Biden thanked him for uh, what he was doing uh, with his brother and his, his son. So Joe Biden knew very well the role Tony Bobolinsky was playing in the in the, the Biden orbit. And he talked about what CEF, CEFC was. And I think every American would be concerned if they could understand exactly what CEFC was trying to do. They were trying to implement their Belt and Road Initiative in the United States. Everything that we have bipartisan agreement on in Congress uh, to prevent China from doing in the United States, CEFC was, was trying to acquire the services of the Bidens to be able to remove the barriers of entry into our market. So Joe Biden was working for the Chinese. He was the brand. Tony Bobolinsky is the second person on record under oath to testify that Joe Biden was the brand. Well, we're over, well over 20 million that the Bidens have taken, uh, well over 8 million from China. Uh, we found out today it was because of Joe Biden. Uh, they, they had no use in Hunter Biden. They certainly had no use in Jim Biden. They were paying for Joe Biden, the brand. And Tony Bobolinsky did a great job explaining that. And uh, I think that the American people will be very interested to read the transcripts when we release them. Jim Jordan also shared a bombshell new evidence from another witness deposed very recently. When Joe Biden shows up at the, at the Four Seasons restaurant for lunch, at the lunch are Hunter Biden, his associates, and eight Chinese officials who are executives at CEFC, the Chinese energy company. Joe Biden comes in, gives a short presentation, and leaves. Three weeks later, the deal gets closed, and $3 million gets wired to Biden accounts. That's what was going on. The money, the business, the brand, which is what they were selling. And Tony Bobolinsky confirmed that today in his testimony. The congressman also told Hannity that they, have, that they have two more witnesses to hear from, Jim Biden next week and Hunter Biden the week after that. Then they'll decide whether the evidence warrants moving forward with articles of impeachment. Okay, Steve, so um, you may want to help in case there's people listening or watching, what is this Belt and Road Initiative and why is it important that Biden was working to help the Chinese implement that apparently in the U.S.? Which sounds super serious. Well, the Belt and Road Initiative is something that was rolled out by Chinese Premier Xi Jinping more than 10 years ago. Uh, it is the, the primary means by which the Chinese project economic and political influence around the world. And it has been successful in some areas. In particular, it's become notable for the use of what they call debt traps. Mm. So for example- for Africa and South America, well, right? Well, actually Sri Lanka was the first test case. Interestingly enough, they went into Sri Lanka, they brought lots of money, they bribed officials. They said, you know, if you want to be part of this, that means that, that we will send engineers to your country and they will build up your infrastructure and, you know, and we will loan the money on very favorable terms and so forth and so on. And I, this is something personal with me because I've been to Sri Lanka a number of times. I actually lived there for a while. And most recently, and I was there a few years back, there were Chinese everywhere. And you could see the Chinese dredging ships were dredging up the harbor off Colombo. Yeah. The Chinese have you know, built the, 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 um, the Lotus Tower, which is the new uh, tallest freestanding structure in South Asia. It's now complete in Colombo. They've been building all kinds of other things. They built up uh, the, the southern port of Hambantota. They built a an international airport down there that, that ended up serving no purpose. But more importantly, they got Sri Lanka deep in debt. 
And then when Sri Lanka was unable to pay, the Chinese said to them, well, here's what we'll do. We will forgive a certain portion of your debt in exchange for which you will, you will lease to us the port of Hanbantota, which is on Sri Lanka's south coast. Mm -hmm. If you can envision that, it has very, it's very advantageous. It lies right you know, on, on the Indian Ocean. And uh, that'll basically become our Hong Kong for the next hundred years. Wow. And, and so that's what they've done. So they literally taken over Sri Lanka. Let's see, Hambantota is like the fourth largest city or something yes. in Sri Lanka. I've been past there. The whole place is, you know, con you know, the Chinese are doing what they do. They're, 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 they're grading things up and building developments and so forth. They've done similar things in other parts of the world. But Sri Lanka is effectively now trapped and they've become, if not an outright vassal, you know, they become dependent on them. So the Chinese are masters at the, at the game of subversion and And this is and the corruption. tactic they want to use right. here. And they use, the, they use this Belt and Road Initiative. They use it all around the world to great effect to, get, to gain leverage uh, through debt and other instrumentality. Mm. And, of course, they're hoping to replicate that in the United States, or they were. I think that's with COVID and everything else, that, that train has, has, has left the station. Mm. However, there was a time when they were trying to do this, and Biden apparently was, was working with was him. their man to try to persuade the powers to be in Washington to you know let the Chinese engineers come in and and get these Chinese public works projects going and so forth and so on. Yeah, well, so. you know, Biden's an old man and he's infirm, and even if he did this, he can't possibly be held accountable now, can he? <laughs> well, of course, that's what's being argued. And, uh, and is it? Well, Even there, in there, this? There, there, there are several lines of argumentation. That's one. Another one is, well, he did this while he was vice president. How dare you impeach him for something he did years ago? Which is as much to say, oh, okay, he was corrupt. He was venal. He was committing criminal acts. He was betraying his. He was selling his country down the river. But now that he's but president, all that he's happened fine. years ago when he was not, when he wasn't president. So let's just let's just give it a pass. Yeah. Okay. Well, he, here's the other side to that. First of all. Bribery is one of the crimes explicitly mentioned under the high crimes and misdemeanors held to be justification for impeachment. Okay, clearly bribery is taking place. You know, and the other thing to and, and, well, and regarding Bobulinski specifically, the the press have already the, the, the sycophantic press have already been rolling out that old chestnut to the effect that oh well, these are just warmed over conspiracy theories that Bobulinski aired on on Tucker Carlson way back before the twenty twenty election. Yeah, well. That was when he went on and said, among other things, that, you know, that, well, in fact, all this did go on. And what's more, you know, the um, the Hunter Biden laptop was the real article. It wasn't a so, uh, Russian uh, propaganda device or anything. It wasn't disinformation. It was a real thing. And he was poo-pooed, laughed, marginalized. He's a kook and so forth. OK, well, I hate to say it, but I don't hate to say it. <laughs> you know, his uh, his story has aged very well. And all the naysayers and poo-pooers and people hurling accusations of conspiracy theory, their line of argument is getting really, really, really thin. Yeah. Okay. At a certain point. Bobulinski was Hunter Biden's partner. Unlike many of the other people in the sordid saga, he's not suffering from any memory deficiency. Apparently, in the testimony he gave yesterday, he was sharp and on point and answered everything Yeah. Uh, with, with very consistent responses and evidence to back up. And now we learn that, that you know, because of course Biden, one of his and his, his followers argues, well, show us the money. Where's the money? Well, we just heard from Jim Jordan that they now have traced a, 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 a slug of over $3 million coming from communist China to the Biden accounts mm -hmm. within weeks after this meeting at the Four Seasons restaurant with a bunch of CEFC officials. CEFC is a big state-owned energy comp company yes. in China. That's China. one of the, the major players in this whole thing.
Okay, so that's what's going on. So as far as I'm concerned, the evidence is and has been for some time incontrovertible. Bobolinsky's testimony, which of course, you know, the, the mainstream media is terrified of this guy, as are the Democrats, because he is very, you know, he's very believable. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he's, you know, he, he's not. He's been some, consistent. Yeah, he's not some hoedad out there trying to, to how, how, you know, be, become a public figure or a publicity hound or anything like this. He's a guy who's simply telling the truth. And for this, of course, he's going to be vilified and slandered and reviled, and they're going to try to marginalize him. But that game is is playing is, is playing out. Yeah. The concerning thing about this is, first of all, this was brought up before the election, as we know. They yes. had that interview with Tucker Carlson. And there's a lot of evidence showing that the intelligence agencies knew this. And correct me if I'm wrong, and we're going to have to go over into the next segment, but it seems like this is the kind of thing they knew, and it seems like this is the kind of thing they would warn about and even keep someone from being president about, but I may be wrong. We're going to talk about this next segment. Self-reliance. It's not a phrase we hear much in our culture these days. It might conjure up images of pioneers, the West, rifles, strapping men, and strong women. But what does it mean for us in today's world? The New American Magazine has just released its latest collector's edition, Self-Reliance, Foundation of Freedom. In it, the New American authors outline the necessity of self-reliance for a free people, tips for self-reliant living, and the importance of not giving up hope. This unique edition includes articles on the self-sufficiency of the founders, preparing for a worst-case scenario, firearms, financial self-reliance, the importance of community, and many other topics by expert writers. Now, for a limited time, The New American is offering a bundle of three collector's editions, Self-Reliance, The Great Reset, and Trump World, for just $19.95. A great stocking stuffer, available at shopjbs.org. Visit shopjbs.org today. The New American has just released our latest bookazine, a collection of articles on self-reliance. It's called Self-Reliance, Foundation of Freedom. Without individual responsibility and without the ability to take care of ourselves without government help, we cannot be free. In this Polish Collector's Edition, we have articles on a number of important topics, including the self-sufficiency of the founders, preparing for a worst-case scenario, firearm self-reliance, building a wood shack, and the importance of community, among many other topics. Now, the authors of the articles are experts in their fields. We encourage you to get a copy. You can order your copy at thenewamerican.com forward slash shop, or you can call our office at 800-727-8783. However you do it, make sure you get your copy of Self-Reliance, The Foundation of Freedom. Welcome back, folks. So, Steve, we're going to continue this conversation for a few minutes uh, about the Bobolinsky uh, deposition, interview, whatever it may be. Uh, One of the things I mentioned last segment was that this seems like the exact kind of thing that the intelligence agencies, one, should have picked up. And we know that they we kind of suspect that they did. And aren't they supposed to prevent someone from being president that was involved in this? Or is this... What is your take on this? I know you don't have all the answers and there are allegations at this point and there's obviously lots of things we don't know, but it sure seems like they knew and they didn't prevent this guy from being president. Well, of course not. No, no, no. Let's let's clarify. The purpose of the intelligence agencies is to serve the deep state. That That is their overarching prerogative. Okay. Well, that's because they're so, corrupt so, now, but that's not the official purpose. Well, I don't care about the official purpose. They, they've long since ceased to serve that official purpose. Okay. The official purpose, as we've seen in, in, in spades since Trump became president, 
is to execute the mm. deep state's mandates. In the case of Trump, that meant to subvert, undermine, discredit, and attack, and, where, and if possible, get him out of office by any means necessary, anything they could do to sabotage Trump because he had the gall to stand in the way of the deep state. In yeah. the case of Biden, who for all of his personal venality has been a deep state stalwart, dependable supporter of the main deep state agenda items, globalism chief among them, but yeah. not, not the only one, okay, uh, for decades, means that he needs to be protected. And if he commits this sort of, uh, you, know, you know, petty national betrayal and selling his country out, who cares? I mean, the Clintons did that too. Why does it Everybody that- knows that. People forget that, you know, the, everybody knows Bill Clinton was impeached because of the Monica Lewinsky thing. What people forget, and which has been mem- memory hold by the established media, is that the, 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 the original impetus to impeach Bill Clinton was the very real evidence, compelling evidence, that he sold, he also was in bed with the communist Chinese, and that they gave him money for his re-election funds. Is it that easy for, so. for foreign uh, enemies to buy off? I mean, is that all it takes? Is it's like, look, we'll buy influence because Americans are that, uh, the, the deep they're state, that bad. The deep state doesn't care about, for them, there are no foreign en- entities because they're globalist. Yeah. Okay, so for them, the entire planet is their bailiwick and their concern. And, so they, this view, actually and play- they view these sort of these patriot games as being relatively trivial and, 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 you know, sort of tangential to their purpose, which is why they don't really care. So this plays into their agenda because this is very important. I know that this has obviously been a point we've made over and over, but that's what the deep state is doing. It's playing into building the globalist exactly. infrastructure. And, wow. Bi- and Biden is a player in that sense. He always has been. And that explains, thank you. And that explains why they, they didn't stop him from becoming president, whereas they did stop Trump. So there you go. Thank you, Steve. All right, folks. So Michigan officials are asking state lawmakers to clamp down on homeschoolers. They're asking for a mandatory state registry of all the homeschool children in Michigan. Since this past December, Michigan state officials, including Attorney General Dana Nessel, have criticized homeschooling and they've called for stricter government regulation and oversight over homeschool students and their parents. The motivation for these attacks was the arrest in December of two couples in Clinton County for, quote, allegedly abusing and financially profiting from foster and adopted children. However, instead of focusing on the crime itself or on the high levels of abuse in government schools, these officials are attacking homeschooling. For example, Attorney General Nessel alleged that homeschooling had contributed to the couple's actions. She said in a tweet on December 6th, quote, The homeschooling environment allowed abuse in the Florida home to go unnoticed. Implementing monitoring mechanisms is crucial to ensure that all children, including those homeschooled, receive necessary protections. The day before, State Representative Matt Colazar attacked Michigan's homeschooling laws and claimed that abusive parents are taking advantage of the absence of a homeschool registry to avoid being found out. Last month, Michigan superintendents sent a letter to state legislators asking them to enact legislation on various education-related issues. Among these was a proposal to require parents to register their homeschool children with the government, something parents are not required to do for now. All right, Steve, so I'm going to have Gary come in later, and we're going to discuss quite a few things. But you actually, um, you had mentioned during a conversation we had yesterday about how states, obviously some states are far more antagonistic to homeschooling. It looks like that's where Michigan is going. I'd like to hear your thoughts on this. 
Well, I mean, I, I don't know about it on a state-by-state state basis, but formerly living in Pennsylvania, I can tell you that Pennsylvania is a challenging state mm. to homeschool. The last time I checked, this may have changed since I last checked a few years ago, but I don't think it has. You could, it was, you know, it's legal to homeschool in Pennsylvania, but you have to do so under the rather strict supervision of your local school district. Yeah. And they, which kind of defeats the purpose, doesn't it? A little bit. Well, yeah. I mean, they basically say, well, you know, and, but the, then the excuse they use is, well, we need to have universal education standards. We need to make sure that you're teaching them certain things. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, they review your curriculum and, and all this sort of thing. Some states, all you need to do is simply notify and say, I'm homeschooling my kids, yeah. but out. And that's they, what and we do here. Sure. That's probably more typical now, but it wouldn't surprise me. Homeschooling constitutes a major secular threat to, you know, the globalization and the woke move, all this stuff. It is a major, major uh, challenge to what we like to call cultural Marxism, to, yes. the, to the takeover the, by, by the left, because homeschoolers have gone from being very marginal to being very much in demand in terms of, uh, of uh, their, you know, homeschooled kids being recruited by major universities because it turns out. Oh, I out, didn't know that. Oh, well, it turns out. Because they're smarter, that, right? Well, I mean, this doesn't Critical thinking abilities. To, well, I mean, you know, parents, like any other teacher, some parents are more able than others, but, but those that are have churned out better products, better ed educated kids than any public school and probably more than a few private schools uh, could do with all of their trained teachers and counselors and, and everything yeah. else. So, so then these, these kids, many of them get big scholarships to go to major universities. They do well, but they maintain the mindset, you know, the traditional pro, and not, not all homeschoolers are necessarily on the right, but the majority of them are, uh, okay? Although the free school movement, which preceded, was more of a left-wing hippie movement mm -hmm. back in the 60s and 70s, but we won't get into that. Um, it, but the point is that it, it represents, in the long term and in the short term, an unacceptable challenge to the supremacy of this, the, the monolithic yeah. You know, state with all of its indoctrination programs, with all of its cultural Marxism, all the rest of that stuff that we that we like to talk about. You know, homeschooling is a mortal threat to them. So it would not surprise me to see more states that are controlled by those interests, like Michigan, uh, to to move in this direction to say, okay, you know, we've had our little fun, our little dalliance with homeschooling for the last couple of decades, and what it's doing is it's producing too many people who think for themselves. Who, of course, they're not going to say that. They're going to say who are turning into far right extremists, and therefore are potential danger, you know, potential terrorists, and you know, yeah. this kind of thing. And look at what happened in, in January 6th when you get too many of these people together, and so forth and so on. This is the kind of rationale that they're going to use. Well, I find it interesting that based on that case, I don't know the details of it. It's obviously still going through the court, so we don't know how true it is. But even if it is. You know, they're like, wow, this this just shows how dangerous homeschoolers are. It's like, my goodness. I mean, look at what's happening in, in public schools. First of all, there's fights, there's bullying, there's shootings. There's there's a million things going on over there. There's teachers who are telling, you know, boys that they can be girls and vice versa. The place is accessible. It's dangerous. Government school is far more dangerous. Obviously, they don't care. They don't think like that and whatnot. But we want to, this is something that we've been on the lookout for. Well, well, well homeschoolers generally don't, homeschooling generally doesn't produce kids who identify as a sunflower. <laughs> or, or a or gerbil. Or a cat. Yeah, or a cat or whatever. I mean, yeah. so, 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 you know, the original, the original thing was, well, That's homeschoolers are not going to be socialized. With. They're going to turn out to be weird yeah. social misfits. Right. Okay, well, let's look at how let's public look at schools do Government doing. school kids. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to continue this conversation, what you can do after this. 
1988, the John Birch Society produced a documentary so predictive, it's as though they had a time machine. Out of Control, Immigration Invasion was produced and hosted by investigative reporter William F. Jasper and looks at the growing problem of unrestricted illegal immigration that, in 1988, already saw upwards of 10 to 20 million illegal aliens within the borders of the U.S. Unknown agents from around the world using the southern border as easy entry. Certainly, some are innocent families escaping hardship, but also certainly some are criminals, potentially terrorists. Is it not appropriate that there be some criteria for the entry of any sovereign nation? Why should the U.S. be different than Canada, Germany, Russia, Japan, or every other country on the planet? Out of control, immigration invasion. Watch this time capsule of prescient wisdom at thenewamerican.com slash outofcontrol. For more news and in-depth analysis from the New American Magazine, the kind that you will not get anywhere else, make sure you have a subscription to our twice-monthly print edition of the magazine. No other magazine has been as accurate and for as long about where policy and culture were heading than the New American. You can subscribe online at thenewamerican.com. Just hit the magazine tab on top, and then on the drop-down, hit the subscribe button. Or, if you prefer, you can call for a subscription. Call one 800 727 8783 Monday through Friday from 8 to 5 Central Time. That's 800-727-8783. TNA's Editor-in-Chief Gary Benoit joins me to discuss the importance of preserving homeschooling. Gary, this is one of our uh, main topics here. We talk about it all the time, and we're going to continue talking about it. Uh, obviously, this move on uh, the Mich for Michigan over there, this is a threat. To homeschooling. And I, I think I wanted to bring up something before I bring you in here. And that is, we did a story some time ago, and that is on the Washington Post story that they did, uh, let's see here, back in November. And it's called Homeschooling's Rise from Fringe to Fastest Growing Form of Education. So I believe at the center of this attack on homeschooling in Michigan, where the left is in charge, is a result to what we all know uh, is happening. And that's Homeschooling is growing, and like Steve had said last segment, this threatens the uh, the socialistic one-world government that they hope to build, obviously with the United States as part of it. So it's really important that people understand the context here. This isn't just Michigan. Uh, we had Alex on, who, by the way, we have his book sitting in there, I think two, three months ago, and he was saying, make no mistake about it, they're going to come after homeschooling. And this is just, I believe, one of many uh, attacks on it that we see now that is happening now and that we're going to see in the future. Are you surprised, Paul? I'm not. Not <laughs> at all. I'm not, not either. I it, was waiting for this. Right. Uh, good. And, and of course, I know you got your son out of the government school system. We did. We, 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 you know, we're, t we're homeschoolers. Uh, we are blessed to, to be able to do that. I, I understand that apparently there's some people who don't think that they can do it. Uh, I believe I'm with Alex on this. And the thing is that I think that more families can do it. More families that don't believe can do it can actually do it. Right. It is a matter of of, of prioritizing. And I think at the center of that, when families, when parents realize how dangerous government schools is, that's I think what would be what would spur them to make whatever the necessary changes in their life to get their kids out of those government schools. We've talked about it again, but I'm going to say one more time: government schools 
were not designed to educate. They were not designed to help your kids critically think critically. They were designed to turn them into automons, into robots, into socialists uh, who can then support the upcoming or what they're aspiring to build, the socialistic one world government. That's what's at the center of this. That is becoming increasingly obvious. And uh, one thing I'd like to point to, Paul, that I, I brought with me and share with our, our listeners, uh, but this is a special report that the New American Magazine did back on June 21, mm -hmm. 2021. Uh, the cover shows uh, two kids uh, uh, about to enter a government school building. And uh, this, um, this particular issue and the entire issue is devoted to the subject of government education, homeschooling, and, and whatnot. But it uses the analogy of a fire. Uh, it asks the question, Suppose the government school building is on fire. Would you send your kids into that building that is burning down? Or if your kids are already in that building, would you run in there? Would you risk your own life to run in there and rescue those kids from that fire? And, of course, any parent would say, yes, I would risk my own life. I would run into that yeah. building. The thing that needs to be recognized, not everyone realizes yet, that in a figurative sense, the government school buildings are on fire. Yeah. They are that deadly. They're, they're th that lethal. And, uh, you know, some people might say, well, gee, isn't that analogy over the top? And actually, I would argue that the analogy is understated, not overstated. Yeah. And the reason it's understated is because we're talking about a physical fire that kills a child. It's not going to destroy his soul. But what happens to the children in these government indoctrination centers? Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, they are taught to hate their families. Uh, they are taught to uh, either hate God or, or not believe God. Uh, they're taught to uh, uh, embrace the, the state as the ultimate uh, authority instead of the church yeah. uh, and, and their, their parents, and their, their, their souls are, are being destroyed. Yeah, I mean, they're essentially thought to, like you said, is divert away from the true God and embrace the, the, the God of the state. Now, one of the things we do is we do have— um, we actually have a legislative alert for this, so people in Michigan can actually access that alert. Uh, it's at jbs.org. You go under uh, Take Action, and you'll see legislative alerts, but we're going to dial that up uh, on the screen there. But So we do encourage people in Michigan to start pushing, pu start pushing back and to reach out to legislators there and saying to, to oppose any form of registry. This is not... Just because this bad thing happened or allegedly happened does not mean, obviously, that can't be that can't characterize the entire homeschooling movement. Because right. if we were going to take that line of logic, like I said last segment, well, then you can look at all the harms and the dangers and the people who are dying in government schools, and we'd say, man, that's a, there's a stronger case to be made for outlawing government schools. Oh, absolutely. And it's interesting, Paul, that they use the terminology or they use the word registry, because what does that make you you think of? Uh, uh, I thought of a gun registry. Yeah. And, of course, we all know why the government wants to register guns. Yes. Uh, they want to know who has the guns so that when the time comes, uh, they can go the to the houses where the guns are and they can take the guns away. But why do we have guns to begin with? Why would we be to armed? shoot squirrels, and, and, Gary. Uh, well, uh, <laughs> yes, uh, and let's hope it stops at that. But what if the government comes to take away your freedoms? Right, what if right. the government comes to take away their kids? We have guns, ultimately, to protect ourselves, to protect our yeah. families, to protect our loved ones, to protect our children. Yeah. And now they're going to have a re registry for the children that we want to protect? Yeah. No, no. Well, obviously, what they, yeah, they want to know who's, who's, who's homeschooling so then they can start 
opening the door to more intrusion until it's completely either illegal or they have enough control. Because if they get control over the curriculum, they don't care who's doing the teaching. It's even easier for them anyways. Like as long as you use our cur curriculum, it's, it's also no, uh, no coincidence that the Nazis and the communists they all outlawed uh, government schooling. Right. Uh, I mean, the, uh, yeah, they outlawed government schooling. Uh, they outlawed guns, and uh, of course, they had uh, you know the education, uh, including uh, including the Hitler Youth. Yeah, yeah. That's that is uh, the they, goal. They want your children. They do. And they, one of the reasons they want your guns is so they can get your children. So these issues are really. Uh, yeah, uh, very interrelated. Uh, yes, absolutely. So we also have an, uh, and we not only tell you know we're going to put our, our money where our mouth is, and so that includes our online school Freedom Project Academy. Um, we've had that for is it ten years, ten, eleven? I believe you sit on the at board. least ten, uh, may, maybe eleven at this point. But I know they've had their tenth anniversary. Yeah, you sit on the board. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about Freedom Project and how people can. Uh, can uh, access it, look more into it, and, and okay. maybe uh, enroll. Well, the information is available online, and the website would be fpeusa.org. Right, fpe, e for education, yeah. although it's now um, Freedom Project Academy, mm. but fpeusa.org. So I would encourage everybody to go there and to uh, take a look. Yeah, And it's based on a classical education it refuses any government money. There is zero government money involved. And the curriculum that you get there is uh, along the lines of the curriculum that the Founding Fathers had. Yeah. It's a classical education. Yeah. I mean, we don't even do Common Core there, right? That's how co no. hardcore we are. <laughs> no, my goodness. And uh, no, no Common Core and uh, math, that that makes sense. And, and uh, reading and uh, teaching how to read, that that makes sense where you can actually learn it because... Uh, and that's the thing. Something else a lot of people don't understand, Paul, is that in the government schools, the curriculum is purposely designed in a way so kids cannot learn. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the whole purpose. And uh, you know, and even one thing is, even if you don't, if you're not sure about enrolling, we also provide textbooks now. Am I right? Uh, textbooks that you can use in your homeschooling. Uh, I believe we were. Right. Eyeing well, one they're of starting the math to come books. out with their own textbooks, but uh, but obviously they have the best textbooks that are available and. Uh, uh, and to have better textbooks, they're creating their own. Well, thank you, Gary. And remember, folks, go to jbs.org, alert, stop a homeschool registry in Michigan. Well, we have that in the description. We also have in the description uh, FPA, where you can uh, check out Freedom Project. Thank you, for uh, thank you, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of the New American Daily. And remember to visit thenewamerican.com for more truth behind the news.